Welcome to the Hoops College Coaches Podcast. I am Aaron Paranak. This week, we're discussing ways to improve team practice. Today, we're joined by Rhett Wiersma, assistant coach at Indiana University. His passion is evident to all those who have had the opportunity to interact with him. So in an effort to rub some of that passion and energy onto us, tell us what's your favorite part of practice? Well, my favorite part of practice is being able to work directly individual skills with our players and see them take those skills and progress, especially from day to day and into the games. And so, you know, I work with our post players and it's, you know, not necessarily teaching them a new drill, but it's fine tuning what they already know and continuing to stress maybe some minor adjustments and how to make better reads. And then when you see kind of that light click during practice, you know that, hey, it's bound to start coming into games. And, and then when they get that success, and then they come back hungry for more and more. Um, so really that individual skill development is a big piece um, because, you know, you can have the best offense or the best defense, but if you don't have the individual skills to make it, so you really want to work and stress of, you know, continual improvement. That's something we do on a daily basis is working on individual skills. And, you know, it's not just a preseason or an offseason, but it's also an in-season because, and I think a lot of times that's the best covering because that's when they can start seeing the biggest dividends, um, especially on, on minor tweaks that make a big, big difference. You're obviously very passionate about helping individuals improve so that they can then help the team improve. Where did that come from? Why do you think that is so important to you? I guess, you know, I've just been around, you know, basketball for a long time and just seeing people that spend the time and put in the effort you love when they get results. For me, I was not the most athletic player, so I, it, it was an effort thing that got me where I need to be. So I love seeing the players that spend that time and spend, hey, you know, whether it is five minutes before practice, 10 minutes after practice, where they're willing to spend the extra time, not just in practice, but the extra time, um, you really want those results to work out. You know, one thing we do here is we're making sure that we are in the gym either before practice or after practice with almost every one of our players. Most of the time, it's voluntary for them that they're choosing. But every once in a while, hey, you know, someone's in strong. We need to get you in here, you know, and, and we got to hold them extra. And maybe that first time, they're a little hesitant, but then they see the results, and now they're begging to come back in for more. They're begging for more. And I just love to see the excitement, of, you know, the post game of, you know, they get a double-double, and now you can see that gleam in their face, and they know why it happened. It's not just a luck or you know, hey, what would have happened? They, they know the reason is because they spent that extra time getting better. Right. It's, it's amazing how a little hard work can pay off. If you could use one word and only one word, what would you say is the most important quality of a practice? I would say competitive. And that competitive nature really, it brings the spirit up of players have got to work hard and have something they're competing for. When the practices start getting a little, I'd say, complacent, I think the energy drops. I think the team camaraderie drops. But when there's some form of competitive nature, and it doesn't always have to be against each other. It can be even, hey, they're competing just to be better than they were yesterday. But that competitive nature has to be there. And it might be a something of, you know, I'm going to make three in a row today. You know, yesterday I went two for three. Today I'm going to make three in a row. Or small steps, I think, is a big, big um, in players' minds. Give us one or two unique or maybe not normal things that you do in your in your skill development sessions, whether it's before practice, after practice, during practice, preseason, postseason? One thing that we strive on is we try to be simple and do the simple over and over. Um, again, we do a lot of the things after practice. I go through with one of our post players and we go through five post moves 
and we do those every day. And for some, it might be mundane, but it's we don't need to do reinvent the wheel. This are what, these are the moves that she's going to do. Let's work on those. And she's got to make three in a row before she goes to the next one. She makes three in a row and goes to the next one. So while it's a small, you got to make three in a row, or you know we can do it again. So it might be, hey, we do three drops drop baseline. We do three drops up middle. We do three what we call the shack move. We do three or two fake shacks, and then we do three uh, step throughs. And then we go to the other side, do the same thing the other side. Um, with our foreman, we do a shooting drill. I like to end it with, we call three, two, one. So they start with three. And basically for every three they make, they go down a number. So if they make it, they're down to two. Every three they miss, they go up a number. They got to get to zero. And there's some movement back and forth um, from side to side, top of the key. Um, but again, it's, it's a competitive, it can be a real easy drill if you make it in three. If you start missing some shots, um, again, it's a competitive drill. You got to get to zero and that they got to finish it. So right. I've seen really, really good shooters struggle with it. And I see, you know, you can get through it really quickly if you're, if you're making shots. Right. And it, and, it, and it turns into a mental, a mental drill as opposed to the physical drill. And we all know that, you know, sometimes the mental side of things can be the limiting factor as opposed to the physical. Right. And that's what the competitive, a lot of times is you are training the mind of, you know, I had a workout with one of player this morning and we were pushing her how far she could get in two dribbles. You know, she thought she could get so far. We were able to push her back, um, you know, even further than she thought. Well, actually, well, I can get there in two dribbles. So now in a game situation, she's not going to use that in a game, but it's a mental of, I know I can get that far. So now she can, okay, I can get from half court and two dribbles. That's not a problem. I got all the way from the opposite free throw line. Like I right. can do this. It's not a, it's not a strain. So you're training the mind as well as the body. Right. Obviously, you know, whether it's different schools you've been at or in AAU gyms or, or high school gyms and practices, uh, you've watched a lot of different ones across the country. What's the one attribute that stands out that separates the good ones from the ones that are not so good? I would say useful. Uh, you know, drills that are game-like and useful, I think, are the very, very best. People pull out all kinds of tricks and tools that and it mimic things that will do nothing in a game. So I think there's got to be some game like now. Yeah, you can do some two-ball stuff I think are really good because you can do some passing off the two-ball and different things. But I see people – trying to use all these tools and it'd be like, you know what, that's not game. Like they're never going to do anything like that in a game. So you want to try to do drills and do practice things that are very much translatable to what they're going to see in a game. But as I said, for us, our philosophy is we're going to keep it simple. We're going to do simple. And we're going to do it consistently as opposed to trying to, you know, do something brand new every day, because if they can do the same thing over and over and over when it comes to game, they're going to be very, very comfortable with those things. So instead of having a player having 27 moves, we're going to teach them four, maybe three. Um, a couple of them may have one or two, but you got to be really, really good at those. And if you're good at those, you can be a really good player. Once you're great at something, now maybe we add something to it, but we're not going to be mediocre Correct. at a bunch of things. Um, right. And, and, and we even make some adjustments in the season of, you know, there was something we were doing with one of our players. We worked hard and, you know, season came and she just it was struggling with it. So we scrapped it. And we kept we, we simplified it midseason and said, hey, you know what? This isn't going great right now. We're going to pick this up in the offseason because in season, it's really tough to try to add something new. And so we actually modified and simplified it and limited her a little bit. And she became much more effective because she had one less thing to think about. It was, OK, I got it here. I'm going to do one of two things. Instead of doing one of four, I'm doing one of two. And it was much easier for her to decide between one of two. Sure. Um, now this off season, it's going to be okay. We're going to add those two back. So now you become a more versatile player, but it's knowing when and how to add and when to add, no, to, to subtract. 
uh, but to keep it very, very daylight of what's going to be effective. Sure. Well, Rhett, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. Really appreciate it. And, and I think you've hit a number of little things that coaches will be able to take and use with their teams. Uh, we'll talk Thursday to talk about how to change your least favorite part of practice. Really awesome. Thank man. you. I appreciate it.